Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Streak for the Pod. And today I got Akshay back on the show to talk some NHL trade deadline. It's been a really exciting day today. How's it going, Akshay? How you doing, Renak? Been a good, big, good, good trade deadline. Sat at home, uh, just watched a bunch of hockey. <laughs> yeah, man, sounds good. Uh, didn't one guy to score against the team? He got he literally switched locker rooms and just scored. What, what was that, yeah. dude? Yeah, so Florida and Colorado, um, they're playing right now, and uh, Derek Broussard got traded from F- Florida to Colorado, and they're playing tonight. So they told him at practice in the morning. They said just walk over to the other locker room, and he actually just scored. Uh, like a go-ahead goal for Colorado. Oh, that's hilarious, man. Yeah, against his old team. <laughs> that is something that you cannot get in any other sport in the trade deadline. So <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, but, so, yeah, so I mean, yeah. just letting you guys know, you can find us on Instagram at Streak for the Pod. And if you're lis- listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love your feedback. So sorry, Akshay, I cut you off, man. What were you about to say? No problem. I'm just going to, overall, like the trade deadline, the day was a super busy day. So um, we were talking about this earlier. So in compared to years past, um, it kind of was like every person that was, or every like quality player that there was rumors about, almost all of them got traded, which doesn't always happen. And there are a couple exceptions, like Eric Stahl, a couple other guys. But um, it was pretty cool to see that the quantity of trades, but also like the the skill level of the players being traded. Yeah. Um, you know, how about we just jump into some winners and losers uh, from yep, today's definitely. action, dude? So, what are some winners yep. that you got? Uh, I think, I mean, the biggest story for sure is Columbus because they kind of, they have uh, Artemi Panarin, Sergei Bobovsky, whose their contract's going to be expiring. So everyone thought that they were going to be selling and trading those guys away. Um, the way they saw it is that, like, yeah, they might lose them for nothing after the year ends, but they kind of gambled, went all in, made a bunch of trades um, and got some really good guys. So they kept Panarin, they kept Bobrovsky, and the way they see it, they're almost like their own rental by keeping them. Um, they added Matt Duchesne, who's going to center that top line with Panarin, maybe, and Cam Atkinson. Um, they got a defenseman, like a defensive defenseman, Adam McQuaid. They got uh, another forward, Ryan Dezingle. They got a backup goalie. So they really loaded up, and they went all in on a cup run this year, which is interesting. I mean, I, I like it. It's, a, it's a kind of like a high-roller move. You know, They're, They could lose a large amount of those guys after this year, and um, who knows? Like they, they might have a first-round exit in the playoffs, but... I like it. I think they won for now. I mean, we'll see who can they can resign after the season. But in terms of this season, uh, Blue Jacks definite definite winner. Really? So, do you think they have a serious shot at the Stanley Cup title, or do you think that um, they're just pretenders that are just trying to yeah. make a deal to get in the mix? I think they definitely have a shot. I mean, the thing with the playoffs is that when in hockey, like an eight seed beats in the one seed, like more common than on like any other sport. Like upsets are not uncommon at all. There's just so much parity in the league. So it is kind of like once you're in the playoffs, anyone has a chance. And it's more kind of like if your goalie gets hot or if, like, say, your top line gets shut down, like you never know. But what the Blue Jackets did is they they just became so deep down the middle and on at the forward level. Um, they boosted their depth. They already have a solid uh, D core, but they boosted their depth there. Um, and they have a goalie that can win them a series by themselves, Sergey Borowski. So. Um, yeah, I think they got a definite shot. Their their divisions, it's okay. There's, I mean, they got definitely like uh, the Caps to look out for in their division. The Penguins, if they can get in the playoffs, um, but I think they have a, a path. I mean, I think they have a path to definitely get to the East Finals, maybe even a, a Cup run. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the uh, playoff seedings that they stack up right now, 
you know, Washington and Columbus would actually, the Capitals and the uh, Blue Jackets would actually be the first, uh, would be meeting in the first round. And mm-hmm. Columbus, interestingly enough, is actually leading that series at three to one this season. Yeah, so, definitely. you know, like you were saying, uh, an, an upset would not be uh, unexpected. Yeah, definitely. Situation. I mean, if they were in if they're in the Atlantic, like the the other Eastern Conference division, I mean, that division is loaded. You got the Lightning, who are just far and away the best team in the league. You got the Bruins and the and the Leafs, who are also loaded. Um, so I think it's a definitely a much easier path for path for them because their division isn't as kind of scary as the Atlantic is. Got it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if if the playoffs started today, it'd be Boston and Toronto in the first round. That would be a pretty crazy matchup. I'd be down to see that one. Yeah, that's historic. Original six. Like they seem to play each other every year and the the Bees have had the Leafs number pretty recently. So and speaking of the Bruins, I really like what the Bruins did. They added um, they added Marcus Johansson and Charlie Coyle and they basically didn't have to give up anyone off their current roster to get those two guys. Um, and that plugs a huge hole on the third line because that was kind of like, and they, they're not a great even strength team like without the power play. And those two guys really will help their five on five uh, kind of goal scoring. And I, I love it because they did not lose anyone off their uh, current roster. They gave up uh, Ryan Donato, who's going to be a solid hockey player, but you got to give up talent to get talent. And uh, they didn't give up their first round pick. So I think Bruins are definitely another winner just in the sense that they, they added without subtracting. Cool. Uh, speaking of a team that you thought did um, did add, but might have subtracted too much for the future, uh, how about one loser of yours, which is the Nashville Predators? Why do you think they're a loser? Because I, I know they did beef up uh, for this season, but you think yeah. they're a loser in the long term? I I personally, I just really like the way Ryan Hartman plays. He's the guy who, uh, he, that's who they traded. That was the, the main piece of the Wayne Simmons trade. Um, and I think Wayne Simmons is going to make a huge difference, a huge impact on the team in the playoffs, which yeah, it'll, it'll help. Um, but they gave up a really, really good young player in Ryan Hartman. Um, and I think if, if they give him more ice time over in Philly, uh, I think he's going to be much better than, I mean, it's hard to compare because they're so different, like such different styles of player. But I think that in the long run, Philly will probably win that deal. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Flyers right now, how are they looking as far as the playoffs go? Do you think that um, it was smart for them to give up Simmons and then pick someone else up for the long term? Yeah, I mean, because they're, they're kind of like on the bubble. Like, there's there's not much chance that they're going to make the playoffs. So they kind of realized that they should get what they can for Wayne Simmons and not lose him for nothing, as we talked about, like, um, in, in free agency. So I, I like it for the Flyers. And I don't think they're, like, even if they sneak in the playoffs, I don't think they're going to make much noise. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it for, for the Preds and the Flyers, honestly. But um, I think the Preds did give up a little too much. Sure, sure. Um, and another trade, actually, the Predators uh, gave up Kevin Fiala for uh, mm-hmm. Mikael Granlund from the Wild. What do you think about that trade, even though it's a little yeah. more of a minor trade? That, that's, yeah, it's definitely going to help the Preds. Um, I think that's like a just simple hockey trade, like one guy for one guy, which I like, which is not that common anymore. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think, honestly, it helps both teams again because um, Mikael Granlund can play a few different like roles. He can be on the power play. He can kill penalties sometimes, but... Um, Kevin Fiala, I don't think got a chance to really, um, he, he had some just like, he didn't get along with the coaching staff or something, but he didn't get used like he should have been used, I think in Nashville. Um, so I think going to Minnesota, that's a team that's, that needs a little bit like a younger guy like him. Cause they're a very old team. Um, so I, yeah, I think if they, if he gets a chance to kind of shine over there, it's good for him and it'll definitely help the wild. Nice. So how about we jump to kind of uh, one of the biggest trades of the day actually and that was the golden knights acquiring mark stone from the ottawa senators what do you think about that trade man 
Yeah, love it. I love it on Vegas' part because uh, they got they get a guy who's going to plug right into either their top line or their uh, second line, um, which would either way they're they're stacked at forward now because they got Pacioretty, they got Stastny, they got Marchessault, so all those guys, um, and they re-signed them, which is a big big bonus. Yeah, it's like an eight-year deal, about ten million a year, right? Yeah. Massive contracts. Um, that that we'll see how it plays out because I think I think it's a good deal because Mark Stone is a really quality player and. He's a two-way wing. He can he can absolutely play power play penalty kill again, um, but he yeah he is one of the best uh, kind of defensive wings in the league. So I love it from Vegas, and I think it's it's definitely makes them. Um, I mean yeah they went to the Cup final last year. It makes them again kind of like that scary team out west that you don't want to play in the playoffs. Yeah, of course, and I mean that takes me to the team that traded Mark Stone, the Senators. They're a loser for you, and uh, I think. One of the reasons, right, is because they have they added a lot of quantity, but not a lot of quality, right? And and, yeah. and why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, um, they so they did get a lot of picks and prospects from trading Stone and Zingle and uh, Duchesne and all three of those guys. But I just didn't like like Eric Brandstrom is the one guy in the Mark Stone deal that he was like a fifteenth overall pick, and he's a uh, like a he's going to be a solid defenseman, but that really was the only kind of i mean they did get a few picks like the first round a couple first rounds so you never know how that's going to turn out but um i think like they didn't do enough in 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 the sense of getting quality they did get a lot of quantity um but again that's just kind of it's hard to see how that's going to play out because they got so many picks and they have to hit on those picks to make it worth it um but yeah i i didn't like that they didn't really get like a absolute blue chip prospect or someone that is going to turn that franchise around like next season or so like a like you know like a significant blue chip prospect. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And you know, since we're on the topic of uh, getting a lot of picks and stuff, uh, just for like a general hockey fan or like a more casual viewer like I am, so what are the value of picks in hockey? You know, like mm-hmm. are first round picks like kind of guaranteed to be a productive player more or less, or is it kind of more like the NBA where after the first like kind of top fifteen to twenty picks? the whole draft falls off. I know there are seven rounds. So Yeah, there are seven rounds. So, I mean, any player who's, who's chosen in the first round, whether it's like 1 through 31, that's a guy that will probably help your team quite a bit. And there's a pretty small chance that they don't make the team um, and they kind of like flame out. So first round picks in hockey are definitely very, very valuable. And, and you'll probably get at least one guy who can kind of be a building block for the franchise around that on, on that pick, even in like the 20 to 30 range. Like, wow, that's uh, nice. That's even better yeah. than football, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And so it, I mean, it does definitely drop off. Like you said, after the kind of like first 10, those are the first 10 picks are always kind of like, those are the guys that you really, really want. And people will trade up for those picks. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely like, there's a, a lot of, of like good players who were selected in the second through seventh round too. So after the first round, it's not guaranteed that they're going to make the the show, but um, like uh, so many of some of the best players in the world, like Joe Pavelski and Patrice Bergeron and um, like Pavel Datsuk and all those guys, like they are, they might even make Hall of Fame. Like they probably will. And they were picked in sometimes like the fourth, the sixth, the seventh. You just never know. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that sounds a lot like football to me. If there was like an analogy, because football is mm-hmm. very similar, where like you know the first ten picks are all blue chips. Uh, after that, it's kind of guaranteed contributors for us rest of the first round. And after that, it's mm-hmm. more like it could go either way. Yeah, uh, I exactly. feel that. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. So uh, you know, also the bubble teams are losers for you, and uh, yeah, those two are the Buffalo uh, Sabers and the Colorado Avalanche. And and you think they didn't do enough, right? Yeah, I mean Buffalo, they have like they were on fire earlier this year. 
in, I don't know if they're a cup contender, like definitely not a cup contender this year. But I think that by standing pat, they they were smart not to give up any of their like really young players uh, for just like a rental, which I did like. But I think that they should have pushed a little bit harder and got at least some help on the uh, like forward side because I was watching their game today and they have no one that can score besides their first line. And it was brutal because they had to put those guys out there for two minutes straight um, to, to to end the game. And they were dead tired and they gave up like the when they were trying to tie it and they gave up a goal um, because they were just so tired and no one else can really score goals besides that first line. So, um, yeah, I, I think they, they definitely could have beefed up at forward. Um, the other team we kind of mentioned briefly that I don't think did enough is um, the Colorado Avalanche. They got Derek Broussard, uh, who's the guy who got traded from Florida. But realistically, like they are another team that's also just very one-line heavy, and they are playing better hockey recently. So um, I do see where their GM's coming from, kind of. So uh, he, he thinks that they're going to kind of turn it around. They're playing better. But in the playoffs, it makes such a big difference to have more than one line that can contribute consistently. because the in the difference between regular season hockey and playoff hockey is that it's just so much tighter there's no space there's no kind of like room to operate for those highly skilled guys so if there's there's like series where you can just shut down completely one line if you want to um like if you go up against Br- Patrice Bergeron or Zdeno Chara and they're out there every time that first line is out there it's almost like they cancel each other out and you have to have people be beyond that first line who can score um, and for Buffalo and Colorado, they just don't didn't get enough, in my opinion, um, enough help with the secondary scoring. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't improve their depth, right? And like you were saying, depth is kind of what helps you win in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, without depth, it'll, it'll be hard for them to make the playoffs, first of all, and then even advance further than a first round. Exactly, yeah. Makes sense. So, you know, your favorite team, the Boston Bruins, uh, they have to be a winner for you. But why do you think that they're a winner? Well, like we talked about, I mean, they just didn't subtract. They, I mean, they, they gave a couple picks, a second, a fourth, uh, Donato, I think it was also with a fourth, but um, they, they're going to be a, like a really tough team come playoff time. Uh, they have Patrice Bergeron, they have Krejci, they have Pasta coming back from uh, an injury. So they go pretty much three lines deep now, and that fourth line is nothing to be messed with either. Um, their defense, they got at least, I think, seven NHL defensemen, so they got pretty much like one extra defenseman. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the goalie situation in Boston because uh, they got two goalies who are really playing really well right now, like really good hockey, Halak and, and Rask. Um, and I think their plan right now is just to ride the hot hand. They've started about 50% of the games each. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting come playoff time to see who's actually starting game one for the Bruins. Yeah, and how do you think that Marcus Johansson helps them out come playoff time? Oh, he's, uh, I mean, he is heating up right now. So he's got like 12 points in his last 13, something like that. So he is, uh, he's, he's had some injury troubles. It's, it's funny because Brad Marchand actually concussed him in their game. I think it was earlier this year. And uh, he stuck his elbow out, concussed Johansson. That kind of took his career off the tracks for a little while. But um, now he's back. He went through some injury problems. And it just gives him one more guy on that third line with Charlie, Charlie Coyle. Um, gives you kind of like a, another layer of offense when say Bergeron gets shut down or they take pasta out of the game or they game plan someone else out um it allows the Bruins to kind of play that game where they can sacrifice the first line of Bergeron line and say yeah we're going to cancel out um and then it opens up opportunities for guys like Johansson and Coyle who just joined the team yeah I mean that makes sense you know like you're talking about depth is really important come playoff time Mm -hmm. so that's great that they made some moves and solidified that yeah, and in hockey, like, one guy really doesn't, like, in basketball, like, you have LeBron, you know, like, it's a, it's a good team. You're, you're like, the Lakers, 
I, I watch a little basketball, but um, if you got LeBron on your team, you're going to win a lot of games. And it's not really like that in hockey at all. Like Connor McDavid is the best player probably in the world right now, um, arguably. But he, his team has not been great. They've made the playoffs, I think, like once in the last in his career. Um, but he's like far and away better than anyone um, besides maybe Sidney Crosby and Kucherov and a couple guys. But it's not like another sport where you have that one guy like Jimmy Garoppolo to the Niners. Like when he got injured two years ago, their their season kind of just tanked. And same thing happened this year. But in hockey, like you only play 30 to 45 seconds at a time. You're only playing a fourth of the game. Um, even the best players in the world like play 20 to 25 minutes if you're a defenseman that plays a lot. Um, so it is a very much of a depth game in the playoffs. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a... Uh... And that's the thing, right? A lot of the winners are people who gain depth, and a lot of the losers are people who lost depth. You mm-hmm. know? Exactly. But, and then uh, another, uh, another yeah, winner I forgot to talk about is uh, Winnipeg Jets. I really like what they did. They added Kevin Hayes. Um, they kind of always had a hole at the second center, and they've, they've, they've got Brian Little, but he's not. He's more of a third-line center. Um, and they went out and got Kevin Hayes from the Rangers, and they did have to pay a pretty penny. And like we were talking about, those, those might both become first-round picks, I believe, right? Um, uh, no, that was yeah. actually the stars trade, which we'll, which we'll get oh, to no. soon. Yeah, we'll get to that. But one. Um, but yeah, no, but yeah, uh, the first. Jets did give up a lot for Kevin Hayes. Um, yeah, they, gave they gave up, up a first, first rounder in this draft, and then a conditional fourth round pick in the twenty twenty two draft. Yeah, and, and uh, Brennan, Brennan Lemieux, exactly. solid prospect. Um, but I mean, it's it's like that is what that team really needs is a second line center, and Kevin Hayes is, is having a career year right now. He's playing out of his mind, um, and he's going to fit in really good because he's a fast pass first guy. Um, put him, put Line a on his wing with Ehlers, and that is a dangerous line right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, that's that's interesting. You kind of sprung that surprise on me. I didn't know you liked the Jets trades that much. Yeah. Um, how about we jump to the one that you were uh, alluding to, and that's the Stars acquiring Matt Zuccarello for yeah. uh, for possibly two first round picks if the playoffs go well for the Stars <laughs> and he resigns. Yeah, um, that's a steep price, but um, also he got injured in the first game that he played for the Stars. He broke his arm. Um, took a shot, I think, and broke his arm. So he's out a month, but wow. he should be, yeah, which sucks. I mean, that's just really bad luck. Um, but he, if they can make the playoffs, that will help their team a lot. So um, obviously they want him for the playoff push to get into the playoffs, but if they can get there and they can sneak in, um, I, I like that trade for the Stars because they, they need another scoring threat. Yeah, and speaking of the team that traded him, the Rangers, uh, why do you mm-hmm. think that they're a winner? They're, they, you know, they're kind of a rare team that traded a lot, but yeah. uh, but they're a winner for you, and, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, they, they gave away three guys. They got, they got rid of Kevin Hayes, Matt Zuccarello, and Adam McQuaid. Um, the return they got for those guys is pretty incredible. They got first, second, third, two-fourths, a seventh-round pick, and Brendan Lemieux. Um, that is like an entire draft of hockey players that, that they just added. Um, and like you look at a team like Columbus, they have two picks in the next draft. Like They really went all in, but the Rangers obviously went the opposite direction. And they really, really invest in their future. So um, now their their team is not going to be great in the short term. But those extra, what is that, seven draft picks or six draft picks plus Brendan Lemieux, that's going to help them three to five years down the road. And they're going to be um, they're going to be a deep team. And they they uh, kind of are, are moving on to that next phase of the rebuild where they're stockpiling a lot of talent. Nice. I mean, that's glad to hear if you're a Rangers fan. Uh, so, what are some other trades that uh, stood out to you? Uh, there's a couple. I mean, um, let me just pull up the list. There's a couple that kind of say, I like the uh, Eric Branson for Tanner Pearson. Um, the, the Penguins added uh, Eric Branson. They do need a, a solid depth defensive defenseman. And 
Good Branson is probably one of the best, not the best, but most reliable uh, defensive defensemen in the league. Um, and that's a guy you need in the playoffs, like a guy who can just kind of go out there, eat a bunch of minutes and shut the other team down. Uh, so I really like that trade for them. And they they gave up Tanner Pearson, who they actually traded for earlier this year. So came and went <laughs> short stay in Pittsburgh. Um, but that was another kind of just one for one deal. Um, another one that stood out was Gustav Nyquist. I like how the Sharks added Gustav Nyquist. They got a lot of depth now, a lot of forwards that can score goals. Um, so I do, I do like that trade a lot and they didn't have to give up anyone off their roster or any prospect. It was just two picks. Um, so that, that San Jose team is going to make some noise in the playoffs. They're starting to put it finally all together. Um, they started off the season really slow, but that is, that is a, a wagon. Like you don't want to play them in the first round. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, one thing, um, is that don't you think the Sharks need a little, uh, a little help in defense? Um, you know, just watching their games, a lot of them just seem to be high scoring, and, uh, you know, they do allow, allow a lot of goals uh, here and there. What do you yeah, think? I'm, yeah, I mean, the thing with the Sharks is that they're kind of like a high-flying team. And, and there's a few of those now, like the Leafs, the uh, Blackhawks are also the same way. Um, but I think that's just kind of like a byproduct of the, the, like, the defense core that they have. They have two of the best offensive defensemen in the league. Um, and they're solid defenders, too. So they, they can do their job on, on the back end. But they're just absolutely like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson are just so dynamic. and. Um, they're not there to to be a, an Eric Branson and defend like be a defensive defenseman. Their job is to go score goals and make make some plays happen. Um, but I think also that that will that will come with time because Mark Edward Vlasic, who's probably their best defensive defenseman, has had a really bad season this year, um, just from like some of the metrics and like the numbers he's putting up. So I think if he can kind of step up and become that captain on defense and and really kind of lock it down come playoff time i think uh the way they're playing the way they're just continue to get better better as the season goes on um i think they'll be all right and i think they'll they're built for the playoffs they're gonna be a solid team cool man i'm looking forward to watching some playoff hockey from the sharks then absolutely man all right well akshay thank you so much for joining me today man appreciate it of course my pleasure anytime man yep and uh just to reiterate guys you can find us on instagram at streak for the pod and if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and a review. We'd love the feedback to make the podcast better. And so for Akshay and our producer, Omkar Moge, I'm Ronak Modi. Thanks for tuning in, guys.